Today is the feast of Christ the King, and here is my homily. Welcome to The Average Shepherd. My name is Father Sam French, and today is Sunday, the Solemnity of Christ the King. And the homily today, in the words of Kanye West, is Jesus is King. Let's begin. Today as Catholics, we mark the Solemnity of Christ the King, which marks for us the last Sunday of the liturgical year. In a certain way, this feast day is like a crown being placed on the very top of our whole liturgical year. It's a reminder for us of who it is that we come together every Sunday to celebrate. I'm talking about, of course, Jesus Christ, our King, our Savior, our life, and our hope. Now, what is this feast day all about? Well, the Feast of Christ the King was established in 1925 by Pope Pius XI in response to the growing forces of secularism and atheistic communism spreading throughout the world at that time. However, what the Pope described in 1925, I think, could just as easily be said of 2023. He described these forces as, a, these forces as quote, a deluge of evil submerging humankind brought about by the apostasy of a great number of people who had banished Christ and his holy law from their families and their public affairs. Now, it was off the back of the First World War that the Pope was speaking into the global conflict and tension of the time, which, as we all know, continues in the world today. He said, There could never be lasting peace on earth as long as nations and citizens refuse to affirm the authority of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The Pope concluded his statements by saying, we must look for the peace of Christ in the kingdom of Christ. Now, where do we start? How can we bring about this kingdom of Christ that Pope Pius XI was talking about? Well, we have to begin by recognizing that the kingship of Christ is not about overthrowing the government. It's not about instituting a theocracy throughout the world led by the Pope, the bishops, and the cardinals. God's kingdom is not a political kingdom. And Jesus affirmed this himself when speaking to Pilate in the Gospel of John when he said, My kingdom is not of this world. Likewise, in Luke 17, Jesus says, The kingdom of God is in your midst. In other words, the kingdom of God is within you, every son and daughter of God who has been baptized. One of the early church fathers from the second century, Origen, of Alexandria made this point clearly. He said, Whoever prays for the kingdom of God within himself is praying rightly. For every saint is ruled over by God and obeys the spiritual laws of God and conducts himself like a well ordered city. And Christ reigns together with the Father in the perfected soul. St. Paul, in the second reading from today, summarizes all of this into a very simple message. He says, Christ must be king until he has put all of his enemies under his feet. In other words, Jesus must come first in everything that we think, do, and say. Nothing in our life can be placed above the Lord. But as we all know, in our secular society, this is very frequently not the case. And I'm not just talking about our society, I'm talking about us too. Too often, our faith gets sidelined when it comes to our jobs, when it comes to political uh, policymaking, education, entertainment, even polite dinner party conversation. Now, I know the, my American listeners have just had Thanksgiving, and you probably know what I'm talking about here. 
This, I think, is the unfortunate effect of an aggressive secularism that attempts to replace faith in God with faith in worldly institutions. I think one of the clearest examples of this that we observe in the world today is the seeming worship of science. My generation, millennials, as well as Gen Z or Gen Z, as my American friends say, has really fallen prey to this phenomenon of scientism. Not science, but scientism. The belief that science has somehow made religion irrelevant and offers to us the answers to every human problem. Now, in reality, all of the wonderful developments that have happened in science, they can only ever tell us how the universe operates, but never the reason why. Science cannot give us the meaning of life. If we want to search for meaning, we have to go to one place, to one person, our Lord, Savior, and King, Jesus Christ. Now, that is precisely what we're doing gathering today on this celebration, to remind us that Christ is indeed our King, and to strive for our place in His kingdom, which, as we heard in the Gospel, which the Father has prepared for you since the foundation of the world. From the beginning of time, God has destined you to be in heaven with Him, and in order to do that, we must participate as citizens of His kingdom. Now, as faithful Catholics, I believe we should participate in the fight against the negative forces of secularism and bear witness to the true kingdom, even in little and, and just seemingly small ways, but I do think they make a big difference. For example, as a priest, I make a point of wearing my collar and clerical clothing in public as a way of witnessing and showing the world that I am proud of my faith. Well, you can participate in this same public witness by wearing a crucifix on the outside or, or a miraculous medal over your clothes to mark you as a Christian, as a Catholic who is proud of your faith and willing to show the world. Perhaps you could stop during the day to pray the Angelus, even in your workplace. Maybe you could pray grace before meals in a public setting, not whispering under your, your breath, but being proud about it. You're thanking God for the gifts that you have been given to do this in public, not worrying about what others think. Pray the rosary on your commute to work or have a holy picture on your desk of the Sacred Heart, the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your favorite saint, so people at your workplace know that you are a Catholic who is proud of your faith. Now, these are just, I know that they're small little things, but they can serve as a reminder of who we serve and whose kingdom we ultimately belong to. But in today's gospel, Jesus goes beyond just these little things, and he lays out for us very clearly the specific conditions for our judgment. So I want you to listen to this. He says, I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, naked, sick, in prison, and you came to me. Jesus, we notice straight away, is not like other earthly kings enthroned in his own riches while others are out there suffering. The first reading from the prophet Ezekiel tells us that the Lord is a shepherd who leads his flock, but he loves and he cares for each and every one of them, especially the most vulnerable. The preferential for the option of the poor is, is the way the Catholic Church speaks and preaches about it. Now, I've heard it said, and this, this should really give us pause when we hear this. I've heard this saying as a, a point of reflection Jesus watches you through the eyes of the poor and the widowed. I think that's a scary thought. Jesus watches us through the eyes of the poor 
and the widowed. Now, I think it's every time I hear today's gospel, I feel a little bit of a sting because I realize how much I fall short in this area. It's not enough just for us, especially as priests, just to look holy and to say holy things. We have to be holy in the way that we live and love. I was once asked the question, if your biography had to be written by the poor, how much would they have to say about you? Maybe we could spend some time reflecting on that one today. I know that already so many of you who are listening are so, you're already generous. I know that you're doing amazing things for the poor and the vulnerable. And as a priest, I am constantly inspired by my own parishioners and those around me. But I think the point today is that we do not stop. Let's continue to grow and outdo ourselves in generosity, to grow in love and the building up of the kingdom of God. Now, it's very true that we have to give to those who are materially poor, but we don't have to look very far to find another kind of poverty in our society, uh, whether on our street, in our parish, and even in our family homes. I'm talking about what Mother Teresa said is the most terrible poverty. She said, the most terrible poverty is loneliness, the feeling of being unloved. Now, although in the West we live in wealthier societies than at any other point in human history, the poverty of this loneliness is rampant. There are so many in our society that have been sold the lie that material possessions, power, and prestige will bring them happiness. It doesn't. When I was working at St. Vincent's Hospital in Sydney during COVID, I encountered so many uh, patients, this was in the private hospital, propped up in their beds, in their expensive private rooms with the best medicine and doctors in the world, but they would stare at the door all day long, simply waiting for somebody to come in and talk to them. This is a poverty, not of money, but of love. So today on the solemnity of Christ the King, let us follow the example of Jesus, the Good Shepherd, reaching out to those who are lost, wounded, unloved, in the same way that he has reached out to every single one of us. Let our lives reflect the reality that Christ is King, not only of the world, but of our hearts. After all, our salvation depends upon it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Average Shepherd podcast. If you want to help me uh, spread the word and this uh, podcast, just share it with someone who you know, who you think might benefit. Thank you so much for listening and God bless you all.